Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Why Do I Care? I'm your host, Toby Favalora, and today we'll be discussing Reverend Raphael Warnock's huge victory in Georgia and what that means for the Senate makeup. So without further ado, let's get right to it. All right, so we're going to jump right in. What happened is this is being uploaded on Wednesday, as I normally do, but it is uploaded a bit later because the election was on Tuesday. So I really needed to see what happened before I made the video. So Warnock was able to beat Herschel Walker. It was not the closest of races, but it definitely was a bit closer than I, I guarantee some people would like. Right, Warnock won 51.4%, so he was able to... Um, you know, just he was able to win the race. He he got fifty. Um, yeah. So like fifty one point four. So that's it's not a lot, but it definitely in in a very close swing state. That is definitely more than enough than you need to win. He was able to get the um the coalition that he needed. And he was able to deliver Democrats the victory. He did beat um Herschel Walker by about a hundred thousand votes, give or take. Um, yeah. So I think yes, I yeah, I think a hundred thousand votes ish. Um, so it was really. It was something that was very big, and the Democrats really, really needed this. Why did the Democrats need this? Why was this such a big deal? Because we listened to the former episodes, the one about, you know, just like how the primaries and how the Republicans lost um, the Senate to or, – or were, 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 were unable to um, win back the Senate from the Democrats and how the Democrats were able to defy all historical and – whatever political knowledge people and the pundits thought that they would have the democratified odds so they have they were able to hold the senate so you're like okay why why do i care and i'm like that's my job because as the podcast host why do i care this is the point of the podcast is to explain why you would care so if the democrats already had won the senate why does this race matter so much and there are a couple reasons I suppose one of the bigger ones is that there's no more, like, one senator, like, veto power. So, of course, like, one senator can't really veto. That's something that the president can do. But Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, throughout the last two years of Joe Biden's presidency, they have thrown, I don't know, a stick in the wheel or whatever it's called. They have derailed Joe Biden and his agenda numerous times, more times than I can count because of their demands and what they want. So with one more senator, that means that it's really – it becomes a lot easier and they do get less power because you can afford a 50-50 tie. You can afford to lose one of their support, but you couldn't have done that like in previous years, right? Like uh, if, if you wanted to pass something, you needed both Manchin and Sinema and all of the Democrats if you've got no Republicans. So now because you have Warnock and because of the Fetterman pickup, this – it becomes um, it becomes very helpful. Another thing, probably one of the most important things, while it is more boring, is that the committees, the committee makeup, it's really going to help the Democrats. This is going to be very much in their favor because as of now, they have like a, a power sharing agreement. So that basically means that the Senate committees, they're split, right? So it's like completely – it's very equally split. So that means that whenever there's a tied vote, then it has to go to the Senate floor. And what that does is it just – it slows down how quickly the Senate and the Democrats are able to move along their agenda, and it really makes everything much harder, especially bills and nominees and all these things. So this gives the Republicans the ability to slow down Joe Biden's legislation and all the things they want to do by, you know, like I said, blocking subpoenas from the committee and 
confirmation, slowing all that down, all that stuff. So now the Democrats have some breathing room in the Senate, right? They don't have to do this because now they have um, now they have Warnock, so it's not going to be split because in the power sharing agreements now the Democrats have more leverage than they did last time. That's something that is very, very important to note. So while it is not the most exciting thing that came out of this, that is a very important part. Essentially, it means it's going to like speed up the rate at which Chuck Schumer and the Democrats are able to move their agenda along. And especially with the House the way it is, that's going to be very, very important that they were able to do that. Another thing this does, which is a bit more exciting, I guess, is this proved that Georgia is 100% not a fluke. Like, what happened in 2020 with Joe Biden winning it and what happens with the two Senate seats in the runoff, those were not flukes. And this proved that it's 100% a swing state now. And that's important because there's 16 electoral votes that are up in Georgia. That is massive. That is very, very important because it's it's a swing state. It is a new swing state. And as Florida is shifting less and less in swing state territory, as I mentioned on my YouTube channel. So if you're watching this on YouTube, check that out. If you're watching it on you know, or listening to on a podcast, um, whatever platform, be sure to, you know, go to the YouTube channels. Why do I care? All this stuff, all my stuff is called, why do I care? But, um, yeah, 16 electoral votes. That is massive. That is very huge. That is important. The Democrats really do. Keeping it competitive is very important. And it's, it's good. That's a hundred percent of swing state. Another reason, this is kind of like a list of reasons, but I'm going to kind of try to tie it all together at the end, so just stay patient. The The 2024 map for Democrats is absolutely brutal. Like, they have senators in Montana, West Virginia, Ohio, all Republican states that they're – it's going to be very hard. They are incumbents, but it's going to be very hard. But also Nevada, Arizona, and Wisconsin, all these swing states, it's also going to be very hard there to defend them. So these are very, very difficult races. So what this does is this – it's one less thing that they have to worry about, right? Because if it was 50-50 still, like it would be if Warnock lost, you really every single one matters. But this gives you the slight bit of breathing room that, you, that, that they, they, they need. They really need this slight bit of breathing room. So I guess the entire theme of this episode is this gives the Democrats some breathing room. So I probably could name it like Democrats breathing room or something like that. But this really – it gives the Democrats in the Senate breathing room they need in order to – you know, kind of legislate without having to worry about what Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are going to say. It allows them to kind of get the um, advance their agenda in a much quicker manner than they would be able to because Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema have less power, but especially um, the Republicans have less power. The Republicans have less power in order to try to slow down their process. So if they can make a large amount of progress in these two years, that would allow the 2024 map in the Senate. It's going to be a little bit nicer, but it's not going to be pretty. It's very much not going to be pretty, but it's just something that's going to happen. So another thing, this is kind of, we zoom out a little bit, Trump. We're going to talk about 2024 because that's what everyone's doing nowadays, 2024, because Donald Trump already announced his candidacy, as I discussed on a podcast, but... This was 100% a Trump endorsement. Like, Walker, Herschel, 100%. Like, the reason that he made it this far, the reason that he, he ran, was because of Donald Trump. He gave him speaking time at the RNC. He endorsed him over a very heavily crowded, it was a very heavily crowded uh, Republican primary, and he really lifted his up. Without Donald Trump's kind of meddling in this race... Herschel Walker would not have been the Republican nominee, and that is something that is very, very important because we saw so many of the Trump-endorsed nominees, they lost, and they lost big time.
that's something that is very, very important to keep in mind in 2024 when you're thinking about, okay, well, who's going to run? Is DeSantis going to run? Because if I'm DeSantis and I'm looking at this, I'm like, all right, I was able to dominate, absolutely crush in Florida, which was a swing state, and all the people that Trump endorsed, they really weren't able to make much difference. Like, they, they could have cost the Republicans the Senate. So if if I were DeSantis, that would be a much that would be a good sign in me if I wanted to run in then 2024. All this madness, but I guess another thing is we're going to talk about Warnock. Like Warnock is probably one of the most charismatic and funniest, most down to earth senators and politicians that the Democrats have, and I guess almost the whole world has. He is a one of the kind talent, and he is able to win elections. Right? He he was he um used to uh, preach at uh, the former Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. So he's um, he's religious, but he's able to kind of tie politics into his religion in a way that it's still separation of church and state type stuff. So it's really, it's not that overpowering. It's not that overbearing. And he, if people say, is he able to win elections? He has won four elections in two years. Four elections in two years. And you're probably like, uh, what? So... In two general campaigns, he won. He won both of them. However, they were too close. They had to go to a runoff, and he won both of the runoffs. So that's four campaigns in two years, again, in a swing state. So this that is something that if you, if you were Warnock or if you were the Democrats, you're thinking, okay, this could be a rising star in the party because we look at the party right now. We see the House leadership has all been shaken up, as I talked about in a former video, so be sure to check that one out. Former episode, uh... Sorry, I'm, I'm YouTube podcast. It's all becoming a mesh now. So if I say video or episode, you know they mean the same thing. Um, but yeah, the, so the House leadership—they kind of stepping down. They're lifting up the younger voices, and the same thing is happening just in the presidency, right? We have Joe Biden, who is very old, and if he's—he's he's said he's going to run again, but after that, like the party's getting younger. So Warnock, who was 53, which is very young in political terms, I know for many people that's like 53. That's not that young, but. In order to do – it's young in political. It's really young. And what he's been able to do, which is so, so, so important if you're a Democrat, is he was able to boost black voter turnout and attract suburban white voters. Those are two very, very, very crucial parts of the, 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 the coalition that elected Democrats. And if he's able to boost black voter turnout and he's able to get suburban white voters onto the Democrat side, that is a very good sign if you are a Democrat. So in the larger scheme, this is going to be the why do I care part. This is going to be like the the. It's going to tie it all together. I promise you guys at the beginning. Why do you care? You care because because of this victory, the Democrats are now able to advance their legislation and kind of govern the way they were hoping to govern in 2020, but they really weren't able to. Also, this. It, it kind of foreshadows 2024 because we see Trump elected candidates doing awfully or, or Trump endorsed candidates doing absolutely awfully while we see like this young charismatic rising star who I, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get some speaking spots at the next DNC. It's going to be he's he's definitely a rising star in this um in the Democratic Party. So with that, the episode is over. Thank everybody so much for watching. Like I mentioned throughout it, I uh, I kind of sprinkled it in. I don't know if people noticed, but there is a YouTube channel, the Why Do I Care Pod YouTube channel, and um, there's a there's content that's only there. Um, it's definitely more visual, kind of breakdown elections, what happened, why did it happen. There's been House breakdowns, Senate breakdowns, Florida breakdowns, all this awesome stuff. There's also Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, website, 
all of these things. And you can find all of this at the why do I care pod.com. Why do I care pod.com. So thank you guys so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.